Welcome to the podcast where beast mode meets manifesting goddess. If you're ready to become the energetic match for all of your desires and start achieving from a place of joy and expansion, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy coach, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. Crushing your goals can feel like self-care, and together we are going to slay and thrive. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Slay and Thrive podcast. As always, I appreciate you for tuning in for another episode of the show, and I hope you are loving the December episodes as much as I am. I feel like every single one has been full of fire and energy and have some great strategies to ensure that you finish this year strong. At the very least, that was my intention when I decided on the episodes to put out this month. Today's episode is pure manifesting goddess. We're going to be talking about why your vibration matters. This episode is going to help you not only achieve your dreams and goals with even more ease and speed, but it's going to help you feel better along the way. And who doesn't want that? So let's start off with a bit of a definition of what we mean when we're talking about vibration. This is referring to the energetic frequency that a person is vibrating at. Everything has a specific vibration. This is actual science. And obviously this is going to vary to, from, to some degree from day to day for a person. So if a person's having a rough day, they might not be at as high a vibration as they normally are. Or maybe someone just wins the lottery or gets some other incredible news. Then they're going to be probably vibrating at an uncharacteristically super high frequency. However, people have a default vibration where they normally setter, setter, settle when nothing super out of the ordinary happens, bad or good. Another way to phrase this in case vibration is too woo-woo is a person's emotional set point. So even if someone has an absolutely awful time, something really bad happens to them. After some time passes or whatever challenge it was gets resolved, that person will generally spring back to where they normally are with their emotional set point. Or again, going back to this lottery example, they might be happier for a while, but then usually they'll go back to this emotional set point. And there's actually a really incredible book with some of these concepts, and it's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about how people have this emotional set point where they're comfortable. Basically, they're comfortable with a certain level of happiness and contentment, and they're also comfortable with a certain level of unhappiness and discontentment. So if they drop too low beneath where they're used to because something bad happens, they're going to bounce back to their emotional set point after some time has passed. And this is actually a good thing because we probably don't want to feel awful for decades after a negative event in our lives happens. However, this can also create challenges. What if we're on this path of growth and we want to feel more happiness and joy and contentment more of the time? So what we'll often do here is we'll try to change our external circumstances to make ourselves happier. 
And this will work temporarily. For example, if we lose some weight or make some extra money or manifest that dream relationship, we might be happier temporarily. But because of our emotional set point, we'll probably go back to feeling the way we usually feel after the excitement and the novelty of the external change wears off. And just think about this in your own life. Have you experienced this? Where something amazing changed in your external reality, but then after a while you kind of settled back down to your normal state. That's the emotional set point at play. The good news is that our emotional set point can be changed over time. So we can actually have a higher emotional set point or a higher default vibration. And I'm probably going to use those two terms interchangeably. And you can think about this idea with whatever phrasing for it feels more aligned for you. Like I said, I know that some people might think vibration sounds too woo-woo or too out there. So the emotional set point works just as well and, you know, sounds a little bit more practical. And now we're going to use the example of Eeyore and Tigger as we get into this discussion. So Eeyore is going to have a much lower emotional set point than Tigger. Eeyore kind of mopes and plods along. Thanks for noticing me. And I want you to think about energy or the vibration coming from this character if you were to encounter him in real life. Yes, Eeyore is also kind of adorable. But if you spent a prolonged amount of time with him, you'd probably feel a little more down and dejected yourself. Then there's Tigger. He's bouncing all over the place. He's happy that he's the only one. He has a way higher emotional set point than Eeyore. And I imagine if you ran into him out into the world and he was bouncing around doing his thing, you'd probably feel like that high energy, high frequency was infectious and your own energy would start to uplift. If we were to rate their default vibrations on a scale of 1 to 10, let's say T, uh, Eeyore is sitting at like a 2 and Tigger is sitting at a 9. Now I want you to think about where you feel your own default vibration falls. And this is something that I would love for you to do without judgment and without feeling like there's something wrong with you, regardless of what that number is, even if it's a 1, even if you're like, man, I make Eeyore look like a happy clam. <laughs> so no judgment, because remember, we're talking about how to raise this number and raising your emotional set point in today's episode. So if you're not where you want to be, you have the power to raise your score here. Believe it or not, I used to be a very low vibration person and I would have given myself a one or even a two, but now I feel like I'm significantly higher than that. And what I'm doing here is I'm getting you to give yourself a number because it's going to make the next part of what I explain a little bit more clear. So your vibration, your energy, your frequency, whatever you want to call it, this matters because there are two ways you can reach your goals. You can actually do a combination of these, but there's two distinct ways. And let's use a financial goal, for example. Maybe you want to get out of debt and create financial abundance. And let's say the place you want to go with your finances is sitting at an 8 on the vibration or frequency scale. And if you're sitting at a 6, for example, you have two ways to get that goal. 
The first one, the more commonly talked about one, is you can hustle. You can grind. You can push really hard until you get to that place of financial achievement. But you're probably going to be miserable and unhappy and fatigued in the process. From that place, it's very likely that you aren't going to sustain that level of abundance because you aren't yet a match for it. So you might find that in a few months or years time, you're right back to where you started. However, you can do this another way. You can actually become the energetic match for the financial abundance you desire. You can work on raising your default vibration until you become the eight. Then it's a matter of taking smooth, aligned action towards the abundance. But the great thing is you're already going to feel the way you want to feel. You're feeling that eight already while you're moving towards that goal because you've changed your emotional set point. You'll actually enjoy the journey. You'll be achieving happily. You'll be both slaying and thriving. And it's actually going to be so much easier to maintain that financial success because now you're a match for it. The other great thing about this is that raising your default vibration is going to serve you in every area of your life, even if you are almost exclusively focused on that financial goal. You're also going to become the energetic match for more love, more health, more joy, more amazing things. It's one of these strategies that doesn't just make one thing better, it makes everything better. Your vibration also determines whether you're in an upward spiral or in a downward spiral. I think we've all experienced both of these. The upward spiral, where it feels like you are the luckiest person ever and one good thing happens after another, even things you weren't expecting, and you're just soaring towards your goals with momentum and joy. Chances are you were holding a higher vibration for an extended length of time when that was happening. And from that place, we're even more aware of all the good that's coming to us. It's our filter, our rose-colored glasses to use a bit of a cliche. Noticing all the positive things happening is going to make us feel better. And when we feel better, we do better. When we take more aligned actions that come from that place of feeling better, Then we feel even more better, more better. That's not the right term, but you understand. (laughs) So it becomes this amazing tornado of delight and progress. Upward spirals are basically one of the best things ever when you're in them. And then there's downward spirals, which are basically the exact opposite. You're in a low vibration. You start to notice all the bad things that are going on around you. And then by noticing them, more bad things happen. Then you start to feel even crappier. Then you're going to start self-sabotaging or self-abandoning or straying from your goals. And then you feel even worse and beat yourself up. And more bad things start to happen. And I don't know about you, but when I get into these downward spirals, my first impulse is still to push really hard to get out of them. Even though I know better. Efforting is not going to change your vibration. And I'm going to give you an example of what this looks like in my own life so you can see what a downward spiral looks like and how you can shift back out of it. 
And I've been working on this concept for a while, this concept of raising my emotional set point. And it's one of those things that I prioritize the most. So I'm lucky that I don't have a lot of downward spirals anymore. I might have a low vibration hour or a day here or there. But the last week of September, I was having an uncharacteristically low vibration week. I had just gotten over a cold, my first one in forever, and I turn into like a bit of a baby. I have a man cold when I get sick because it's not very often. So I was feeling run down and just really tired at work. And I was still relatively new and learning things. And for that entire week, I was working with these two guys who I just didn't think liked me very much. (laughs) As it turned out, it was more of a general distrust and contempt towards new people more than a personal thing. And, you know, as I've learned, they had their reasons and whatever. But it was still really tough working with them for that week. And I was also learning how to do a new line. So there's different lines and each line's a little different. So I kept making mistakes. And then I would obviously need to be corrected on my mistakes, but the delivery of the corrections was not what I would call gentle or nurturing. (laughs) So I would get flustered and make even more mistakes. And it was just a miserable week in that, in that particular way. And then during the same week, I was dealing with two other issues that came up. One was where I ended up being double charged for my mortgage payment twice in two days um by like on their error and then i also had my strata trying to double charge me fees for the month of september because they just switched companies and the one company didn't have the paperwork and it was all making me pretty miserable i was angry i was frustrated i was definitely closer to eeyore than tigger and actually it was probably more like oscar oscar the grouch It just felt like it was one thing after the other that week. And then on Thursday morning, I had almost finished the drive to work when the engine light on my car came on. (laughs) And at this point, believe it or not, I genuinely started laughing because I finally got it. I was in such a low vibrational state that I was calling in more and more bad luck. And it was this awareness that allowed me to reframe my perspective and get back into a higher energetic frequency. And the first part of that was honestly the humor, the laughing, the not taking it so seriously, because that was what was keeping me in that downward spiral. All right, so there's an example of how your frequency and energy can infect, infect? Yeah, I guess infect, I meant to say affect, affect your entire week or even month or year or even a decade if nothing changes. Now, what I want to do is give you some of my best practices for raising your default vibration over time. Before we dive into this, another fantastic read that you could dive into is that book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And I promise you that if you prioritize this, your entire life will shift dramatically in every arena. I'm not even kidding when I say that by doing this particular work, I improved my body, my health, I changed my finances and my relationship to money, and I manifested my soulmate. So the first thing I would recommend is finding simple daily disciplines that help you stay in that alignment. So we talked about this in a lot of detail in episode 32, so that would be a great one to visit if you haven't checked it out yet. 
So just to recap very quickly, you wanna have daily habits in place that ensure that you're taking care of your emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual health. When all of these are taken care of, your energy is going to be higher. And these don't have to be long drawn out processes. I've actually had to scale back on the different habits I was doing and the length of time I was spending on them when I started the new job, at least on the days when I work 10 hours. But taking care of all of these different parts of my health is still completely doable. The next thing that makes a massive difference in our default vibration is, reg- is a regular appreciation and celebration practice. And you can call it a gratitude practice also, but I prefer appreciation because it just sounds more feminine and receptive to me. But it's a gratitude practice if you want to call it that. And this is something that I had a more formal practice of for most of this year. So every night for most of this year, I kind of fell off with it in September. I would write a list of 10 things I appreciated about the day and then also 10 wins I had from the day. And I hope to return to this habit at a later time, but I stopped doing it for now, at least sitting down and typing it out because I found that after building doors all day, my body does not want to spend time on a computer. My shoulder blade sees up almost instantly, so it's just not the right position for me after uh, working my butt off all day. So what I'll still do, however, is I will recount the wins and appreciations from the day mentally, sometimes on my drive home or sometimes while I'm walking to my car at the end of the day. So I'm still doing the practice, I'm just not writing it down anymore. And you might be thinking, 10 things to appreciate, 10 wins from the day, who even has that? It might sound like a lot, but that's actually a good thing because what that did was it forced me to pay attention to the little things, the little wins and the little things to appreciate that I might have overlooked otherwise. It makes my brain work that little bit harder to extract every bit of goodness and progress from the day. This one practice can absolutely change the game for for you. And then the final strategy I have is to be constantly reframing your reality. What if you saw every single thing in your life as either a celebration or a lesson? How much better would your energy be? How much more radiant would your overall state be if if you were always either learning or celebrating? You were never failing. You were never losing. Even when really crummy things happen, when we can choose this perspective and find the ways that we're hap- they're happening for us, we're still going to feel legitimate, uncomfortable emotions, anger, sadness, pain, like these are there for a reason. But we can also choose to believe that these things have happened to make us stronger and more resilient in the long run. We can also choose to surrender and know that we don't know how all these events are going to connect for us one day. I can't tell you how many times particularly in my early 20s. I thought I was cursed. I thought that whatever was happening to me was the worst thing ever and that it meant that I was doomed. Looking back now, I can see that all the things happening were simply getting me to the place I'm at now. If I hadn't been in such a dark place in my mid-20s, I wouldn't have been pushed to make drastic changes. 
I wouldn't have bought my condo and moved to a new city. I wouldn't have started working at the fitness studio I was working at for the last six years, which meant I wouldn't have met my boyfriend. These three things were probably the best three things that have ever happened to me. And they wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been so fed up with the darkness and misery in my current conditions that I dug deep and changed it all. Our darkest moments are where we cultivate our greatest strengths and where we find our most potent motivation to change things. You might also have your own strategies for keeping your energy high. And now it's a matter of continuing to do them daily and doing them with the full intention that you are doing them to raise your default vibration. I also have a bit of a challenge for you as we wrap up this episode. I would love for you to try on one of these strategies on a daily basis for one week. So maybe you look at your daily habits and set them up so you're taking care of all of your different types of health, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Or maybe you decide you're going to track your daily celebrations and appreciations for one week. Or you could spend the entire week reframing the challenges and struggles that come up and see how they might be working for you. So pick the one that resonates the most and do some small version of the practice for seven days straight. And then I want you to just notice how it affects your energy, your focus, and your behavior. If you experience changes in this one week, just imagine that trajectory. I can talk today, I promise. Just imagine that trajectory continuing for one month or even a week straight. I said that backwards. I am uh, <laughs> clearly muddling my words because I get all fired up and passionate talking about this stuff. So imagine if you continued this for a week or even a month or a year. How different could your life be? How much easier and more enjoyable would it be to up-level every single area of your life? Those are my thoughts and practices for you this week. Enjoy the seven-day challenge, and we will talk again next time. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you're loving this podcast, I would be so grateful if you'd subscribe, leave a rating and review of this podcast wherever you listen, and maybe even share this episode with a friend or two. And if you want bonus live trainings, challenges, a monthly book club, and a community of other amazing people looking to slay and thrive daily, I would love for you to join our free Facebook community, the Unicorn Thunder Playground. Hope to see you inside.